Welcome to the Space Show, presented by members of the Space Association of Australia. Hello, I'm Andrew Rennie. On this evening's The Space Show, NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, is 65 years old, and we trace its first decade in word, poetry and song as we set the groundwork for the Artemis 3 lunar mission we will discuss next week let's take a trip to the moon come on let's go for the moon I want to go to the moon let's take a trip to the moon when the Soviet Union launched the world's first artificial satellite, Sputnik 1, on 1957, October the 4th. Hey, that's the anniversary today, October the 4th. Uh, Space research and applications in the United States were the domain of the military and universities. After much negotiation, Congress passed an act to form a civilian space agency that would absorb the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. When the National Aeronautics and Space Administration came into being 55 years ago, on 1958 October the 1st, no one realised that its acronym, NASA, N-A-S-A, would become a worldwide household-recognised brand to the extent that it's quite common to see Australians walking the streets wearing T-shirts wearing the agency's logo. Now, even before NASA came into existence, President Eisenhower had decided the new agency and not the Air Force would have the job of placing a man into orbit. The Air Force had coveted that role for many, many years. By the time NASA opened for business in October the 1st, the basic design of a manned capsule was complete. The first NASA administrator, Keith Glennon, on seeing their design simply said on October the 7th, let's get on with it. And on 1958, December the 17th, it was officially announced as Project Mercury. Well, we've got here a, a, a documentary which was issued uh, with a Hashbrow Mercury space capsule toy. So if you had bought the toy, you could hear this introduction to the manned Mercury space flight. Welcome to Manned Space Exploration. Your Hasbro space capsule closely resembles spacecraft. First in a series of manned space flights by the United States. 
Mercury's primary purpose was to launch an American astronaut into orbit around the Earth and then return him safely. This feat was successfully accomplished on February 20th, 1962, when John Glenn Jr. in Mercury's Friendship 7 completed a three-orbit flight. The actual Mercury spacecraft is six feet in diameter and nine feet tall. Sitting in a special form-fitting couch with his back toward the large base of the spacecraft, the astronaut faces a complex instrument panel. Your space capsule has a control panel much like the real one. As you can see, there are many dials, lights, buttons, clocks, and switches. All are important to the success of manned space exploration. As you will hear during space flight, the astronaut is able to communicate with the Launch Site Control Center, now known as Cape Kennedy, Florida, and also with each ground station as he orbits. In order to easily place your astronaut inside the capsule and fasten his seatbelt, your spacecraft has a large sliding window. This sliding window does not exist in the real Mercury space capsule. The actual spacecraft has a small hatch or opening through which the astronaut must crawl. His only view of the outside is seen through a small window or through his periscope. The astronaut enters the spacecraft two hours before blastoff time. This two-hour period is used for checking and rechecking the space capsule's instruments and equipment. Later you will hear part of the countdown. As the countdown ends, the Atlas, with the Mercury payload on top, blasts off. About five minutes after blastoff, the spacecraft separates from the Atlas, and small jet rockets turn the spacecraft around, blunt nose first. The orbit is about 100 miles high, and the capsule speed is approximately 17,500 miles an hour. Friendship 7 made three orbits of the Earth. Each orbit took 90 minutes. Near the end of the third orbit, three small retro rockets, facing forward, were fired to slow the capsule down for its descent to Earth. If you listen carefully to the actual space communication, you will hear the astronaut confirm firing of the retro rockets. As the spacecraft speeds toward Earth, pressure of the atmosphere generates heat up to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit on the heat shield. At 20,000 feet and 10,000 feet, parachutes are let out to slow down the descent to Earth. Again, listen carefully and hear the astronaut describe the parachute as he views it from the spacecraft. The Mercury space capsule always lands in the ocean, where the United States vessels and helicopters wait for the splashdown. The name Steelhead, heard on this record, refers to a Navy ship heading for the recovery of both capsule and astronaut. With helmet, one-piece suit, boots and gloves, your Hasbro astronaut is dressed in a spacesuit similar to all astronauts. Now to the actual excerpts of blastoff, spaceflight, and splashdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one.
oxygen, 78, 100, amps, 2-7. Roger, loud and clear, flight path is good. Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. Capsule is turning around. Oh, that view is tremendous. Roger, turn has started. Roger, capsule turning around, and I could see the booster during turnaround just a couple of hundred yards behind me. It was beautiful. Roger, seven, you have a go at least seven orbits. Roger, understand go for at least seven orbits. Friendship 7, uh, can see clear back a big cloud pattern way back across toward the Cape. Beautiful sight. Uh, Roger, still reading a lot and clear. Next transmission, Bermuda. Uh, Roger, understand. Next transmission, Bermuda. Capsule did damp okay and turned around. Scope has extended okay. Taking off the filter I had on it before launch. Mercury project was followed by the Project Gemini, two people in space, Apollo, three people to the moon, Skylab, three people orbiting, and Space Shuttle, up to seven or eight people in orbit around the Earth. Well, now the 65-year-old space agency is working on Artemis. On this evening's The Space Show, we look first at NASA itself and then at some of the early Apollo missions. In the following two weeks, we will examine the plans for the Artemis landings on the Moon. So here is William Shatner with a piece written by Ray Bradbury on Why Does NASA Exist? NASA exists. Why do we exist? Why does life exist upon this strange and lonely planet? How did we arrive and for what reason? An age-old question, one that each of us at one time or another has asked. Each time, the universe responds with silence. NASA stands before that silence and probes that mystery. We stand with NASA in response to the incredible miracle of impossible life on an insensate world. We move back to a moon that we wish we had never deserted. We move onward to Mars to establish a base and then a community and finally a miniature civilization on its enigmatic soil. All this will be done not as a 
technological feat, a military exercise, or as a display of human vanity. We do it because NASA has realized that the universe, which extends for billions of light years in all directions, is meaningless unless... Unless what? Unless there are observers and caretakers of that stunning interstellar display, the universe demands to be noticed, to be seen, and dutifully noted. What use all those incredible firework dimensions if no eye fixes and reflects, no brain takes notes, no heart moves with passion at the display? NASA answers silent cry of the cosmos for recognition. NASA is the witness and we fellow witnesses to the endless deeps. NASA's activities are our activities. The purpose of life on Earth is to see, to know, and to tell what the cosmos has to offer. Without us, human beings, without NASA, the universe would be unseen, unknown, untouched, a mindless abyss of stars asked to be discovered. So NASA in the coming years will be chief witness and we as fellow observers, celebrants to the cause, NASA and we have been given a job by a genetic accident and surprise of crying low to an unsolvable territory. NASA and we do this to see, to know, and to prevail. Life one day on Earth will vanish through intemperate heat or cold. We prepare ourselves for the time of going away to other worlds, to other stars. Why? Because we love and value this life and living that has been given to us. Our obligation and to see and know and try to understand. First then the moon, then threshold Mars, and one far future day to landfall some world adrift near Alpha Centauri. Can NASA do this? Can we run tandem with NASA and live forever or a million years, whichever comes first? We can, we will. We must. The thoughts of Ray Bradbury, science fiction writer, with uh, as narrated by William Shatner. As we've noted, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration in the United States is intending to head back to the moon, and the Australian Space Agency doesn't want to be left out. And to that end, the Australian government has an agreement with NASA for a small Australian-made rover to be sent to the moon as part of its Artemis mission. The rover, which aims to launch in 2026, is part of the NASA Moon to Mars mission. The semi-autonomous rover will be used to collect lunar soil, more properly called regolith, which contains oxides. Using separate equipment that will be sent to the moon with the rover, NASA will aim to extract oxygen from the regolith. 
This would be a key step towards establishing a sustainable human presence on the moon as well as supporting future missions to Mars. Now, two Australian consortia are currently working on early-stage concepts for the rover. The Australian Space Agency has launched a competition to name the rover. They want this rover name to be uniquely Australian and reflect the Aussie spirit, our Aussie ingenuity and the excitement of this historic occasion. So, if you would like to name the rover, this is what you need to do. 1. Come up with a great name for the rover. 2. Explain why you think it is a good name for the rover. And 3. Enter these details at www.space.gov.au That's www.space.gov.au If you can't remember that, if you just use your web search engine to go Australian Space Agency and you'll no doubt be able to find it there. Now, the closing date for this competition is on October the 20. After that date, the Australian Space Agency will create a shortlist from these submissions and they will then put them to a public vote later in the year. So the date to remember, the closing date for entries is Friday, October the 20th of this year at one minute to midnight Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So be in to win. You're listening to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. Where we are celebrating the 65th anniversary of NASA. And uh, NASA has interns. Uh, Internship is not a particularly well-known phenomena here in Australia, but it is in uh, in the United States. And uh, they have interns at the Johnson Space Center, which is in Houston, Texas. And... In 2016, they recorded this, Welcome to NASA. Open up the airlock, pop. It's NASA, come on, turn it up, turn it up. Here they go from control and the count begins. Cause we ain't done this before, so step on in. Make yourself a is here, here, welcome to NASA, Houston, take control now, our scientists know how to get us off the ground, welcome to Johnson, and the you die, in the humid here we thrive, check our Saturn V, welcome to To Red Mars, Ryan, take us there now. 
greatest achievements of NASA in its 65 years. Yes, 65 years ago this week, NASA was formed. One of the great achievements was the, were the Apollo missions. There were uh, quite a number of them to the moon. And one of the low points in NASA's first decade was the tragedy of the death of the crew of Apollo 1 in a launch pad fire. They had been due to be launched in a few weeks later, but they had a fire on the pad. You're listening to The Space Show, which is presented by members of the Space Association of Australia. 88.3 Southern FM. Where on the space show we are looking back 65 years to the formation of NASA and looking at its first decade. Apollo 7 was the first of the manned Apollo missions, three people into Earth orbit. Well, Apollo 7 was a success in Earth orbit, and the next mission, Apollo 8, went all the way to orbit the moon. It went into orbit around the moon and did 10 orbits. Hi, I'm Sasha Sagan, author of For Small Creatures Such As We, and this is The Crew of Apollo 8 by Elaine V. Emmons. Shall we call them poets for having observed on their earliest times around the moon that it seemed to be layered with a grayish-white beach sand with footprints in it, or geologists for having reported to us the six or seven terraces leading down into Crater Langrenus, or shall we call them some new breed of bird for having swiftly flown, weightless and unfearing and sharp-eyed, into the dark unknown. Yet, Words to tell of their skill and valiancy are as weak as water, and their return and being earthlings with us again are what most matter. This is the Space Show, looking at the first 10 years of NASA, which was formed 65 years ago. Five, five. 
on next week's The Space Show, more about the Apollo missions and looking forward to the Artemis 3 mission. First landing on the moon in more than 50 years. Wait, wait, wait.